Hiya, folks! How you doing? Don't worry, your old buddy Timon is here. The show can begin. This is going to be a whole new television experience. We're going to put you in the middle of the action, live. You're going to see and hear everything the talent sees and hears as though you were right there with him when it happens. Nature photography, or photography of any nature, is not permitted. You know, I mean, I'm an expert on a lot of things. You know that. I know that. But uh, not a lot of things. A few things. When my work piles up and I'm seeing red, cause I need five arms and an extra head, I find the computer becomes me troubleshooter. Yes, folks, we only have high-class stuff on this show. And now, here's a special treat out of Tampa. A little bit of ever-loving, cuddlesome fluff. Our own... Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your... Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 183 for the week of August 15th, 2010. There's so much more to experience in Walt Disney World beyond the attractions, shows, resorts, and dining options. In fact, part of what I enjoy doing on this show is introducing you to things to do beyond the parks that might enhance your vacation or even give you yet another reason to come down and visit. So this week, we're going to take a look at golfing at Walt Disney World for both the seasoned golfer who may not realize the world-class courses available and those amateurs and even first-timers who may be looking for yet another way to spend some time on their visit. In a new Disney contest this week, I'll ask you to use your ears to see how well you know Walt Disney World. I'll then have a few announcements about some upcoming Disney meets and events and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When you hear me preface a segment by saying things like Walt Disney World is far more than simply attractions and shows and that there's more to explore outside the parks, it usually means that I'm leading into a discussion about food. But I promise you that is not the case this time. No, this time I'm going to talk about another experience in Walt Disney World that some may be aware of but maybe haven't have never tried uh, nor realized It's truly world-class level, because this week we're going to take a look at golfing at Walt Disney World, and whether you're an amateur or a budding professional, or even if you've never picked up a club, there is something for everyone. And if you've never tried it before, you may even see that there's no better place to take your first swing and enjoy time with family and friends in a whole new way than in Walt Disney World. And let me get this right out of the way. I am not a golfer uh, because if a course doesn't have windmills or hippos or a Santa Claus like Winter Summerland, I cannot play it. So with that in mind, 
I wanted to bring on two people to the table who are golfers and for years have enjoyed the many courses at Walt Disney World in order to talk about everything the resort has to offer and how to get the most out of it. So I want to welcome back to the show longtime friend who's been on the show before, Steve Seifert. He is the Tiki Man who runs the ultimate Polynesian website at TikiMan2001.net. He's been on the show in the past to talk about his mancations to Walt Disney World. So, Steve, welcome back. Thanks, Lou. And I also want to welcome in Bill Rinaldi, a longtime Walt Disney World fan and golfer from New Jersey. Bill, welcome. Thank you, Lou. It's great to be here. It's great to have you guys, and I appreciate you coming on, because look, like I said, I am uh, I am very much not the golfer. So why don't you guys start off? Uh, Steve, you can go first, and then you, Bill. Talk about your personal experiences at Walt Disney World and your golfing, particularly your, your golfing experiences there. Well, Lou, you know, it started off with, obviously, I love Disney World for the uh, theme parks and the resorts, and I never really thought much about the golf courses until uh, friends of mine who golf quite often said, you know, let's have, have a guy's trip and a, a golfing trip and let's pick Disney World. And I don't think a lot of people at first would think Disney World as a destination for golf, even though they know they have courses. But, uh, well, when Eagle Pines was still open, you know, they had 99 holes of golf. So it was one of the largest golf resorts in the country. So it makes a, a great place to go, even if you're not going to go in the parks, you're just, just going to golf. And even if you have friends and family that are with you that are amateurs, you know, like you mentioned, they have Winter Summerland and Fantasia Gardens that's actually, you know, some of the best miniature golfing you'll ever find. And so we were talking before, and we, we, we call it half-jokingly, because you do call it your mancation that you take every <laughs> so often with your friends. This is a place that you guys go, and we'll talk about this later on, about how this is a great alternative to some of the other golfing destinations, correct? Absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that we had three Imagineers with us. They got discounts and got us into the parks for free, but it's still made for some of the best golfing I've played, you know, anywhere in the United States. And even some of the courses over in Hawaii are, you know, it's on par with those. So forget, uh, dining, no forget dining with an Imagineer. Disney should look into, here's another Golfing experience. with an Imagineer. <laughs> golfing with an Imagineer. So <laughs> you laugh, I, people would love it because it, you know, you get that one-on-one -on -one time. And that's, look, the, the social aspect of golfing is a big part of the sport. It's almost less about your score for some people than it is the time that you can spend. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because it is one of those overlooked experiences for things that you can do. And I look at it as a place to go with the guys, a place for a father and son, or even a mother and daughter to go and spend a few hours together. Uh, Bill, you told me you've been playing golf at Walt Disney World since way back, since you were a wee lad back in the 70s. Yeah, since I was a kid. Uh, well, of course, back then, before Epcot opened in 82, there wasn't as much to do around there. So if you spent a week on property, you almost had to play golf or rent a boat or do something like that. Uh, but more recently, in the past uh, 12 or 13 years, uh, I've been organizing a group trip down to down to Disney just to play golf. It's primarily a golf trip. It's not primarily a theme park trip, although it's myself, my brother, and a very good friend of ours. And uh, we're all uh, low-grade Disney geeks. Uh, we've all been there probably 30 times, uh, which is more a function of uh, of age than it is of, of uh of intensity, but we uh, we've all been there at least thirty times, and 
you know, I've, I've organized this trip from from beginning to end every year. And we, when we decided that we were going to go away um, on a wintertime golf trip, uh, we didn't have to think too long about where we were going to go. So Disney became the place instantly, and we've been going there ever since. Yeah, and I think that people look they they look at Walt Disney World. It's a theme park. It's Dumbo. It's castles. It's whatnot. It's not a place for guys to go golfing. And and I think maybe a lot of people don't realize. And we'll talk specifically about the world-class PGA Tour courses that are here. And look, like you said, you come down for a, a long weekend, you know, from, from a Thursday to a Sunday, and you play golf all weekend long, and, and you're able to experience all the different courses that, that Disney has. Well, that's right. But keep one thing in mind, Lou, is that, you know, when we first started talking about where we were going to go to play golf, uh, if you go in the middle of the winter time, it's actually considerably warmer if you go down to South Florida. Uh, but there's one one thing about having a golf trip at Disney that other places don't don't offer. Um, we we thought about what would happen if the weather was bad, and you know if the weather's bad, if you're in the middle of Miami, you might have to find something else to do. I, I think if the weather's bad at Walt Disney World and it's a cold, wet day in the middle of January or in the middle of February, that's the perfect time to go down to uh, to the Magic Kingdom because there's nobody there. So we have a built-in alternative if the weather does not cooperate, and sometimes it doesn't. See, I like how you think, Bill. See, rain and cold weather—that's not—that doesn't—that's not reason to stay away from the parks. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's go. Nobody's going to be there, so. Uh, yeah, you can get into Space Mountain without without a wait. <laughs> that's right. And, and look, I mean, certainly we've talked about there's plenty of things to do. Um, outside the parks and inside the parks, even when it's raining too. So uh, you're right. It does give you a great alternative of things to do. And of course there's the joke being that I always talk about food, but yeah, there's, there's world-class dining there. So you really can get a great overall weekend or week long experience. So let's talk about the courses specifically. Cause again, I think people might not realize that as of there used to be five, there are now four championship courses there plus a nine-hole walking course. So there's 81 holes in all. used to be 99 before Eagle Pines closed down. Uh, Again, the courses are world-class. They are designed that the Palm, Magnolia, and Lake Buena Vista courses go back to the early days. They were designed by Jolie. The Palm and Magnolia host an annual PGA Tour professional event in the fall of each year that they've been doing since 1971. So let's kind of break down because each course, and you guys can certainly speak to this more than I can, each course is very, very different, even though they're all on property. And Steve, in honor of you, let's start over with the Magnolia Golf Course because this is located next to your home away from home, Disney's Polynesian Resort. Steve, and then Bill, tell us a little bit about your feelings about Magnolia and and how Magnolia is sort of different than all the other courses. Well, um, you know, Palm and Magnolia are obviously over at Shades of Green. And, of course, like you mentioned, right, uh, pretty much walking distance from the Polynesian. Um, Magnolia was the first course that I played when we first went there. And it's a tough course. It's definitely, you know, it's for long hitters. Uh, Of course, it's one of my favorites for two reasons. It's got the uh, Mickey Mouse bunker that a lot of people probably see pictures of. And, um, you know, I love sitting there on the putting green and having the Polynesian right behind me. So, you know, that you, you can't beat that. Um, 
but it's it's a it's a tough course. I mean, I think uh, the Gators probably got half a dozen of my balls while we were <laughs> playing the the first day. But um, I think you you touched on something where it's you know it's a place to go and get away from the parks. It's quiet. It's the atmosphere. They're beautiful courses. The scenery that you know the friends you're with. It's almost like you're you're somewhere else. And they do a great job with keeping up these courses. I mean, they're 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 some of the best that I've ever seen. Um, and while they're not easy, they're still, I mean, sometimes who wants an easy course, even if you're not a great golfer, I think you like having something with a little challenge, a little, you know, obstacles and something that doesn't make it just a boring, you know, day of golf. And, um, Magnolia is definitely, a, a, I would say one of the toughest, they say Palm is the toughest out of them all because of all the, uh, water holes. And I think there's like 94 bunkers or something like that. But, uh, but I'd have to say that. I like Magnolia the most, but it's probably the most challenging for me. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say I like the Palm the most rather than the Magnolia because I think the Magnolia is just too long for me. Maybe I'm getting old or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, when when they have when the PGA Tour comes to town, uh, what they do is they end up playing three rounds at the Magnolia and one at the Palm. So the best players in the world are playing are playing the Magnolia, and uh, and and I agree with Steve. It it is, it is a more challenging course. I I don't care what the course rating says or whatnot. The the the, the Magnolia is definitely the toughest. Um, one of the things I enjoy about both of those places, though, is that you know you're so close to the Magic Kingdom when you're playing. You can hear everything that's going on over there. <laughs> you hear the train whistle. Uh, you hear the, 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 the parade announcements, you hear the bands playing, you hear everything. And I think that's kind of cool. I always like to know what's going on at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you got any sort of that, you know, audio overflow from the Magic Kingdom. Because, look, I think one of the things that we love, and Steve certainly being over at the Polynesian Grand Florida, is hearing that whistle in the background. And courses like the Magnolia, which are very lush and have the, these rolling greens and really very much an immersive sort of getaway experience like you described. Hearing that in the distance, I would hope would be an enhancement to the course and not a, a distraction like, oh, I have to get over to the Magic Kingdom and get my, you know, churro and ride on Space Mountain, or do you still feel like you're, you're very much separated? Yeah, I would say so. The only thing is you can also hear what's going on at the Richard Petty uh, driving experience at the same time. <laughs> So that's well, that's not quite a good. see. That's part of the challenge is a little bit of distraction. Um, you know, you also have the uh, the turkeys to contend with, the uh, gators. Which, if people don't believe there's gators on that course, just talk to the course marshal that had to take a eight foot gator off of one of the greens one day. <laughs> um, raccoons that they tell you to watch out for, which we didn't believe until I took a photograph of a raccoon climbing into the golf cart with me about two feet away, stealing a cell phone. And we had to throw a sandwich at him to get him to drop the <laughs> cell phone. So, you know, you get a little, I think they train these animals to do that, by the way. But, uh, you know, you get a little bit of a uh, little challenge to it besides just the course itself. See, where else can you get such an interactive experience than on the Palm and Magnolia? So, <laughs> but yeah, and look, the, these are not just great Disney courses. These are great courses. I mean, they're four-star rated by Golf Digest. They are very challenging for all levels. Um, like you said, Magnolia's got 97 bunkers. The Palm has 94. It also has nine water holes. So it definitely is a great place to test your skill. It's not like going to Winter Summerland and just mini golfing. I mean, this is where you can get a, a great golf experience. Let's move over a little bit 
a little bit down the road over to Osprey Ridge, which is located near Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Uh, this, I have to imagine, guys, again, not having ever walked the courses myself, has a very different look and feel to it because I have to imagine that instead of these beautiful magnolia trees, you've got a lot of cypress trees and oaks and pines and palmettos, things like that. Bill and then Steve, how does Osprey Ridge compare and how does it rate to you compared to the other two courses? Well, I think um, I think Osprey Ridge is a lot more rustic to me uh, for some reason, and it almost has a little bit of a, of a northern feel to it for some reason. Um, there seems to be a lot more woods there, uh, and it, it's a very well-designed course in a sense that I think it's it's challenging and, and yet fair. Uh, it, it's the newest course there, and it was uh, they spent a lot of money on getting it designed. Uh, they hired a guy named Tom Fazio to design it. And he's one of the biggest names in the business. Um, so I really enjoy going there. I also used to really enjoy going to Eagle Pines as well, uh, which was located in the same location, but uh, that's not there anymore. Yeah, we played um, Osprey Ridge during our first mancation, and um, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a little tough, and, and uh, I wasn't exactly on my game, not that I always am anyway, but... Uh, it definitely did have a completely different feel than uh, Palma Magnolia. Um, and I think we actually decided we went back there twice because I know a lot of the other guys really enjoyed um, the uh, challenge to it. It was, you know, kind of had a mix. It had some stuff that was easy and some stuff that was difficult, but um, definitely a different look to it. And it's got a nice clubhouse, great breakfast in the morning, which was a nice way to start off your day. And we were also lucky enough during the uh, first Tiki Fest, we had were coming in from golfing at uh, Magnolia one day, and they saw us with our clubs, and they they asked us if we had um, ever played Eagle Pines, and we said no, we hadn't had a chance to. And um, they said, well, if you want to, you, you know, sign up now because the, tomorrow was going to be the last day Eagle Pines was going to be open. So we were lucky enough to actually uh, get over there and play the uh, the last day it was open, and I I would say that. I really enjoyed that course, and, I, and I'm sorry I didn't get to play it again. Yeah, and, and like you said, the the look and feel of, of Osprey Ridge, very, very different. I mean, much more of a, a natural sort of wetland vegetation. It's actually a certified Audubon Cooperative Wildlife Sanctuary, so it'll give you a sense of how that would feel sort of being located there, uh, not far from the shores of Bay Lake. It's actually recognized by Golf Digest, not only as a four and a half star, but one of the best golf courses in all of Florida. So again, uh, high praise from, you know, a, a third party like that. Let's now, now I hear, uh, just before you go on, I hear, and maybe you can confirm this, uh, that uh, it was going to be uh, closed down w uh, because of the four seasons, um, but it's been rescheduled because of, um, you know, the, the um, delay of the four seasons. Um, to cl to close it in uh, 2012, I believe. Right, I did. Now, still, I don't know the dates. Right, I did hear originally that it was supposed to close as well. Obviously, it is still open. I don't know officially sort of what the timeline is for it. But in case that is is true, you know that there is sort of a uh, an end date for Osprey Ridge. If it's a course that you're interested in playing, I would suggest trying to get on it sooner rather than later. Yeah, who knows how long it's going to take. I know when they closed Eagle Pines, I was under the impression, that was like three years ago, and I was under the impression that they were immediately going to jump in and start building a new course to replace it. 
uh, as part of the four seasons. You know, and I was there a couple of months ago. It doesn't look like much of anything that's going on there right now, unless I missed something. No, I think you're right. That was the that was what we were told that day um, that we went on the last day. And it sounds like maybe due to the economy um, that, you know, the plans have really slowed down. But but the, the plan was to actually close both of those and, and I think either make, you know, kind of two courses that are part of one or two two new courses. Um, but obviously they've those plans have been delayed. Yeah. Yeah, and the fourth professional course is located near downtown Disney and it's the Lake Buena Vista golf course. Again, very different feel here. This has more of a country club style atmosphere and a lot of pines and lakes. You get a sense of the nearby old Key West, I think, bleeding over into this course. Uh, Steve and then Bill, how do you feel? How does, how does Lake Buena Vista compare to the others for you? You know, uh, Lake Buena Vista was kind of fun. It was a challenge, but um, I can remember, you know, there's some some spots were long and wide open and others were really narrow and, like you said, wound through the uh, old Key West um, uh, villas. And for me, it was great, great for a different reason than the golf. And that was um, I actually got to see uh, Saratoga Springs for the first time. And I got to see old Key West. And we even got to see the at the time still closed treehouses. And uh, the old Key West buildings and the treehouses actually helped me out quite a bit. Their roofs are angled just right so that when my ball goes off, my drive goes off, it bounces right off and right back onto the fairway. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, I, I, I played there a couple of months ago. The, uh, Steve, you'll like the new tree houses. They're, they're, they're just as good, and they kept that same roof angle going. So it'll be okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Buena Vista course, I think, is probably the shortest of the bunch, and uh, there's some so. pretty tight holes there. Um, but it, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it's more of a traditional uh, resort-style course. I think if you go to a lot of other resorts, that's the kind of golf in the South. That's the kind of golf you're going to play. Um, but I, I really love the course. We, we play that quite a bit. Now, if I, if I'm trying to remember, I know when we were at Palma Magnolia, um, you know, they have kind of the high-tech carts that have the the GPS maps tell you where you're at, how far you are from the hole, and where the next cart is, and uh, you know, you can order off the menu, things like that. Um, and I thought that when we went to uh, Lake Buena Vista that um, it kind of had the traditional carts, you know, no electronics built on any of that, like kind of the more high tech uh, components. No, I, they, when we played, they had the, the same carts as they had everywhere else. And, and, and that GPS system is really, I think one of the, one of the biggest selling points of the, of the, of the Disney courses. Um, you know, Lou, one of the things they like to do is they really emphasize managing these courses, keeping the pace of play going. That's something that's very important to them. And one of the ways they do that is with this this incredible GPS system that, that really gives you every measurement you possibly could need uh, from the cart to the front of the green or back green or the water or whatever, or as Steve said, to the other carts, so you know when to tee off and when not to tee off on the next hole. And uh, that really helps speed the, the pace of play along. And uh, I believe all four courses have the exact same GPS system. Right. I Maybe did check that. Disney's website, and they all currently do have it. Um, they are included with cart rental. And, yeah, again, not having seen it, and, again, certainly this is why I can't go on one of these courses because the pace needs to be kept, you know, going. Uh, this seems like it's, it's a great use of technology. It shows 
the layout of the hole. It shows the yardage you need for the next shot, the yardage from the cart to the flag stick for each green. So uh, again, it, it sounds like it, it's a nice enhancement to your game and to, again, keep things moving along. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you, you're not allowed to walk any of those four courses for that reason. Uh, they want to keep the pace of play going, so they make you take the cart. So you don't have any choice. You're going to see that GPS system. Yeah, and, you, and you'll definitely be reprimanded by the cart if you get behind uh, in your uh, course management or decide to drive in an area you're not supposed to. <laughs> yep. So that's that's all I could do is just drive the cart. I'll drive the cart and bring the <laughs> snacks, and, and that'll be my role. But But there is... The final course actually is a walking course. It's the Oak Trail Walking Course located near Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. This is a nine-hole course designed by Ron Garl. And this seems like, guys, it's definitely meant more for the casual golfers, the families to enjoy some time together where the pace is not important because you don't have insert professional Tiger Woods or some professional golfer behind you trying to play forward. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I think I remember this course winds its way through uh, Magnolia, if I if I'm correct. But um, you know, I remember because we would see them when we were playing on Magnolia, and the nice thing is you see a lot of you know kind of fathers with their their younger sons out there walking the course and playing it, and it's kind of a nice in between, you know, your miniature golf and you know you, the the main courses. Uh, so it's kind of a <clears throat> it's a nice thing to do. It's a little bit cheaper, you know, not as long of a day. So a lot of benefits to it. Yeah, I think it's the perfect golf course for a family or it's a perfect golf course for someone uh, who takes out their clubs once every two years or something like that. Uh, I played there a couple of months ago. The only, the only thing I will say is that if you're doing the kind of trip that we do or the kind of trip that, that Steve does, I don't know if you'd really want to play there that much just because it's not really at the same level as the other courses. It's really not maintained to that level uh, of, of uh, you know, of greenery that, that the other courses are maintained to. But uh, other than that, it, it's a great fun time just to relax. And, and, and if you can walk, uh, walk the nine holes is definitely worth trying it. Yeah, it sounds like there's a big jump going from Oak Trail to the other professional 18-hole courses. Well, there actually are some uh, fairly challenging holes on that course, uh, but uh, there also are a lot of easier holes. Uh, when it opened back in the 70s, I remember going there. It was uh, referred to, I think, as the Wee Links, and it was basically a kid's course at the time. Um, so they, they, they beefed it up a little bit, but some of that, you know, there are still some pretty short holes on there. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the rates and what it costs to actually golf and depending on, and we'll talk about your recommendations as sort of best time of years to go and best time of days to play, the rates for the course vary uh, somewhat, whether you're a resort guest, a day guest, they have twilight rates, they have special summer rates. So for Osprey Ridge, the Palm Magnolia, and Lake Buena Vista courses, if you are a resort guest uh, between May and October, Monday through Friday, it's $89. It's $99 over the weekend. And if you want to buy a two-round pass and save some money, it's $140. If you are just a day guest, those prices go up to $104 for weekdays, $114 for weekends, $180 for the two-round pass. And a twilight rate 
is $59, $69, and then obviously not available for uh, the two-round pass. Now, if you play from May 17th through September 6th, they have something called the Summer Price Slice special offer. So if you play from 10 until 3, it's $59. If you play fr starting at 3 o'clock, it's uh, $49. Oak Trail, much less. It's $38 for adults, $20 for kids, and then there's a replay rate of $19 and $10. Again, depending on when you go, you have to definitely check Disney's website uh, to find out exactly when uh, what the rates are are going to be. Let's talk about, guys, uh, maybe this is a good time to talk about when you suggest going to play, when's a great time for you to play the courses, and then we can talk maybe about tee times. When do you recommend, uh, you know, trying to get the best tee times? Uh, Bill and then Steve, when do you recommend time of year, great time to go down to, to play in, in Walt Disney World? Well, Lou, let me just mention those rates that you mentioned, those are essentially off-season rates. Uh, if you go in the winter time, uh, they go up a good deal from from those numbers, and the, you know the, the same types of discounts are still available, but it, it, it's on a higher scale. Um, we go every single year uh, in February, and uh, that that's great for afternoon golf. It's not quite as good for early morning golf. Of course, we play a lot of early early morning golf anyway, but. Um, the overnight low temperature might be in the low 50s that time of year. So when you're teeing off uh, at 7 a.m., it's going to be 52, 53 degrees on most days. Uh, so the first few holes are pretty tough. Uh, but, you know, for most of the rest of the year, it can be very, very hot there to play golf. So, um, you know, I don't know if you're ever going to get it perfect. Uh, but uh, we're comfortable in February. Maybe March would be a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we usually have picked um... – fall i'm sorry we uh spring just before summer where it's not quite warming up too much um but it does get hot i mean even in you know april may june i mean we we all know if we go down there for uh the parks how it can be fairly warm uh i i think bill's right you know the winter's probably the best time for going for golf um and i could see how the rates would be higher i mean the reason they have the summer the price slice is because you're basically going in the middle of the day where it's more of a survival thing than actually <laughs> a score. Um, and so keep in can, mind when you're walking, I'm sorry. Steve. No, go ahead. <laughs> it, Just it, keep in mind when you're walking around the park, I mean, it's hot then too, but you're going indoors when you go, uh, you know, in the American adventure or when you go into in, in pirates, the pirates of the Caribbean or something. So you're not exposed to the heat the whole time. Whereas when you're playing golf, you're really exposed to the heat the whole time. And I understand that uh, in the afternoons and the summer times, there's not a whole lot of people on the golf course, hence these discounted rates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know what it would be like with uh, all the moisture that there is on the courses. Um, it's it can be like a you know a steam room out there. Um, you got the heat coming on off the uh, the uh, greens, and you got the heat coming from above you. And and the only relief you have from that is a little bit of time that you're in the shade on a cart. Um, so yeah, it can be, it can be pretty tough to, to survive a, a summer day. Um, they even have, I think that's why a lot of the deals are in the summer. I mean, they've got a, uh, what's the other special they have an all day play all day for $59 and it's from July 2nd to July 5th. And it's <laughs> anybody that wants to play in July is, uh, <laughs> you know, get out there early if you can. 
because it's gonna it's gonna get brutal. I mean, we've been the first on the course, and by you know the ninth hole, it's it's been tough to play. Um, you know, we we still enjoy it. We're there. We're playing golf. We're hanging out with the guys, but but it's it's tough with the weather. It can be a challenge. Well, then this is maybe a good time to talk about booking tee times. Um, obviously, I, I would assume as early as possible in the day, especially in the summer months, is probably the best idea. Maybe when it gets a little colder in January, maybe you want to wait a little bit because it does actually get cold in Florida. Uh, Steve and then Bill, do you have a preference as tea times? I mean, is, is first tea time of the day ideal for you so you can get your, your you know, 18 holes in and then, and then move on to the parks? Or do you like to sort of make a full day out of it? Well, yeah, um, obviously, if it's, a, you know, any, closer to summer, the best thing you can be is a, the first up on the tee box because um, it's just going to get warm towards the end of that round no matter what. Um, you would think that, you know, you could wait, maybe go for a later one where it's, you know, getting into the t- twilight. But you you know how it is in Florida. I mean, when it's been hot all day long, the, the nights don't really cool off um, right away. Um, afternoons are obviously brutal. Um so the best thing you can do is get out there as early as you can. And, and it also hopefully avoids, you know, those normal afternoon storms that you get. Uh, yeah, Lou, you know, we, we are uh, three, three guys from Jersey. Okay. So we like to be out there first. We like to go as quickly as we can and get and get done. Um, if we get out at 7 a.m., we're usually done by 11. So that, you know, when we when we have a full day in town, what we'll do after that is either we'll play another 18 holes in one of the other courses or we'll just go to the parks right from there. And then, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it. Maybe we should talk about how, how you go ahead and book those tee times as well. That's exactly what I was going to do because you can do it, I believe, both by phone and online as well. Yeah, you can um, – you can book up to 90 days in advance if you're staying on property. And I think it's, Steve, do you know, I think it's 60 days if 60, you're not. Right, 60 if you're a non-resort guest. Yeah, yeah I'm not it, sure because we've always been on, on and, and like you said, the 90-day mark, you better get in there real quick and get your tee times. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, Lou, if you compared it to uh, an ADR, I mean, let's say you wanted to go to uh, – you know, you know, the to Boma at 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 seven o'clock on a Saturday night. You know, it might be a tough table to get. And what you would do, I would think, would be to go online as early as possible, and 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 book that reservation. And, you know, if you're one of the first five or six people who want that time, you're going to get it. And if not, if you're one of the first fifteen or so, you might get ten minutes before or ten minutes after. When you're talking about a tea time, it, it's all compressed a great deal more than that. If you're the fifth or sixth person who wants to play at 7 a.m., you're not going to play at 7 a.m. You're going to play at 8 a.m., so you're going to be off by an hour. So you really need to get in there and book those tee times as early as you possibly can. Yeah, that's a perfect example comparing it to, you know, getting uh, reservations at a really popular place to eat because it's it's the same thing. You know, you can go into Disney World not booking any of the places you want to eat. And go off of luck, and you know how that works. It's it's not often, you know, luck's not always in your favor on, in that case. And it's the same thing, you know. You don't want to also discourage somebody that says, "Well, we're here, and we didn't think about golfing, but we want to try it." But we heard tee times are hard to get. Sometimes you can luck out, like we did with Eagle Pines. It was the day before, and they happen to have a good tee time. But if you're really going to plan this trip, you really want to make sure you get your tee times as far in advance as you can. 
Yeah, so at that 90-day mark, half the people are, are on the phone or online trying to get into Cinderella's Royal Table. The other half are trying to get to, to Osprey Ridge at, at 7 a.m. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, one thing to, to keep in mind, you do have to guarantee uh, the tea times with a credit card, and you have to cancel them at least 48 hours prior to the tea time or else you're going to, avoid, to get a penalty. Have you guys both called and used the online system, and do you have a preference one over the other? Well, I, I've, uh, I, I've done... You want to go ahead, Steve? All right. I've been doing it online for the past couple of years, and I think that works great. Uh, I I understand they've changed it in the past uh, month or so to make it a little simpler, but uh, um, you basically, you know, you book it online. The the first thing they ask you is, are you staying on property? And then when you click yes, it gives you a list of the properties that, that are on, you know, available properties, and they want to know where you're staying. And then you go directly from there to the booking screen, and you can book um, any one of the courses, uh, you know, from from the one screen. So I think it works out very well that way. Yeah, and we, uh, I know, uh, I I think Sean usually does it somehow through through Disney, not online. He probably calls in. He likes to always get a human to converse with when he's making these uh, bookings. But uh, speaking of staying at the resorts, you know, the benefit of staying at the resort is. Um, Resort guests, you know, can if you don't want to haul your clubs along, which most of the times we do, but a couple of times we haven't, um, you can get club rentals there as a resort guest. And with the club rentals, you know, you have your choice of Titleist or Cobras, and you get range balls before, and um, they come and pick you up at the resort and, you know, bring you to and from your resort to the golf course, which is nice. Now, the club rentals are, are complimentary for, for resort guests, correct? For resort guests, yeah. If, not- if, they're, not, if they're not using a... A discounted round of golf. Right. Otherwise, they'd be uh, $55 for a set of clubs, $15 for a partial set for Oak Trail, and for juniors or short guys like me, there is no charge at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. you can even, you can rent, uh, if you go, go with nothing, you can even, you know, rent shoes and pull carts if, uh, for the um, walking course. Yeah, but but keep in mind, if you do do it that way, I mean, I always thought that the over-under was about one and a half. In other words, if I'm playing more than once, I usually want my own clubs there. Uh, you know, the airlines charge you a lot of times to bring the clubs now. Uh, it used to cost money to rent, and it didn't cost anything to bring, and now it's just the opposite, at least, at least for the time being. But keep in mind, if you do uh, rent clubs, the rental includes just the clubs and the bag. It doesn't include any golf balls or any tees or a glove or anything like that. Um, right. If you're going to do that, you should probably throw some of those into your into your travel bag and bring those with you because I don't think you want to spend uh, clubhouse prices on on items like that. Yeah, you know that's a really good point. And and Bill, do you know if let's say somebody's not staying on property and they come and they want to play some of the Disney courses, they're staying nearby. I know, um, like you said, now they charge so much to bring your clubs on the airlines. Uh, we're we're traveling to Hawaii, and this is the first year we've decided we're not going to take our clubs because of the cost. And there's some companies over there that will, you know, have clubs ready for you, and you pay so much. Like we have a deal where we pay for three days, and we get like a week uh, total the the four days for free. Is there anything in in the Orlando area that um, has kind of the club rentals like that? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, uh, that that would be a, a, a neat a neat uh, business venture to get started. Hey, look, there we go. Let's start it up. Then we can all move to Florida and join. <laughs> Do you hear the collective wheels spinning? 
I can get away from the California taxes and you can get into the uh, warmer weather. Deal. I mean, I'm registering domain names as we speak. So we'll talk <laughs> offline about this. Um, Steve, you, you brought up another point because maybe a consideration too is where to stay when you're going to play. You know, obviously, transportation is provided to and from uh, some of the Walt Disney Resort hotels. Do you guys have preferences? Are there, do you have recommendations? Are the ones that you think are better to stay at, or does it not make a difference? Uh, Bill and then Steve. Well, um, the last couple of years, we've been uh, buying points and staying at, at, at some of the vacation club resorts. But I would say, generally speaking, if we don't do that, uh, we're going to go, we're going to make sure we're on property because there are a lot of advantages, including getting those earlier tea times. Uh, when you're on property, but we don't want to spend a lot of money. Um, so we uh, will go to maybe one of the all-star resorts because, you know, with the schedule we have, it's, it's a really full day. I mean, that first day we're, we're, we're on the golf course at 7 a.m. and we're not back to the room until 11 that night. So we don't really care too much about, about how fancy the accommodations are. We're there mostly to go to the parks and play golf. Now, I don't even want, need to ask Steve because he's just going to tell you to stay at the Polynesian and that's it. No, no, I don't know anything about the resorts there. I don't. I have no idea where I would stay. <laughs> no, um, actually, uh, uh, the uh, interesting thing is that on all the uh, mancation trips that we've gone on, we've never stayed at the Polynesian. <laughs> and uh, the main reason for that is not necessarily the cost because um, it's a great location, um, obviously, for at least those the, the Palma Magnolia. But um, – we usually do go for um, a villa just because, I mean, we're going with uh, three foursomes. So we try and optimize. <laughs> we, you know, we get three rooms uh, to, for us all to kind of cram into. And um, it's fine for, for sleeping because, you know, most of the time, the same thing. We're out golfing most of the day. We get back. All we really need to do is get into a, a nice cool pool. And um, we've been staying the last couple of times at the boardwalk because it, it kind of makes it nice at night because we have close by options for food, which, you know, hey, it's great, great place to be for, uh, you know, eating after your a long day of golfing. Um, and, you know, you've got close by entertainment, even, you know, outside going into the parks, there's some of the stuff around the boardwalk that's always fun to kind of uh, go and do um, after a long day. So if you don't drive or if you don't rent a car, Steve, how does the transportation work? So if you have a seven o'clock tea time, how do you make arrangements or does the golf course make arrangements for you to get from all-star the boardwalk the pilot, wherever it may be to and from the golf course yeah you call and let them know what time your tea time is they'll have a um, well depending on the size of your party they'll have a van or two uh come and pick you up in time to get to the course um and they give you vouchers um to give to them to basically pay for the the ride and then they'll be backed uh, a lot of times we've had a call and when we're done and then they'll come and pick us up and uh, bring us back to the resort. It's pretty convenient and they're pretty efficient at doing that. And it's nice because you don't have to wait for a bus that comes on the hour and stops at multiple resorts. That is that is your transportation to and from. So you don't have to worry about wasting time uh, in that regard. And it's it's really there just for you. Yeah, that's right. Um, the other thing, too, we talked about uh, renting clubs and renting this and renting that. We also talked about the fact that the courses are for many different levels of play. Something that maybe people don't realize, and, and I'm sure you guys being relative professionals probably have never taken advantage of this, 
is that they do offer lessons as well. I mean, they do have PGA instructors who are there that'll give you individual lessons or group lessons. So if you want to go with your dad for Father's Day or if you want to go with a group of guys and maybe you you aren't really all that experts, they will customize your lessons depending on your individual levels or the level of the group. And they use a lot of the high-tech video analysis to enhance and really uh, look at your swing and try and refine it. And the lessons go from beginners all the way up to professionals. The rates range, uh, there's $75 for adults, $50 for juniors. You do need to make an appointment. They also can provide you um, equipment, obviously, um, as well. And again, these are all things that you can take advantage. You can call in order to make reservations for that. I don't think you can make arrangements for lessons online. You actually have to physically um, get up and call them. Do you guys have any tips for getting the most out of the experience or, or ways to save money or things that you found from all of your trips that maybe are good tips for people who are looking to golf on a Disney course for the first time, a Bill and then Steve? Well, the only thing I'll, I'll say, and I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but uh, if you have access to your own transportation, um, maybe you want to play once or twice off property uh, because there are some really good deals there. Uh, you can save uh, up to uh, you know fifty or sixty dollars on a round of golf uh, by going to some of the local courses as well. So uh, you know that's the only suggestion I have. Yeah, and to that end, I mean, you know, I was half joking when when you said off property, but you know, Celebration, for example, has a course. It's practically on Disney property. It's a couple minutes away. It was actually ranked one of the top twenty-five public courses by Golf World. Um, it's rated four and a half stars. It's one of the top 200 in North America, one of the Golf Digest's best places to play. And again, like you said, if money is a concern, it is a, an alternative that maybe you can look into or another option as well. If, if you've played all the Disney courses and you want to sort of venture just a little bit, semi-off property celebration is a good option as well. Um, Steve, what about for you? Uh, yeah, discount. Um, the best thing to do is uh, travel with an Imagineer. <laughs> I mean, I don't See know what Steve else to tell Seifer. you, but <laughs> it works out great. I'm telling um, you, Steve, we got to forget the other business, the renting of the clubs. We have to rent yeah. out the Imagineers. Golfing with an Imagineer. Well, they're they're the ones that will deliver your clubs uh, for you. <laughs> out of the business, so we'll start. But um, and and Bill brought up a good point. Um, you know, we had been a couple times and played the courses over and over again and we thought it'd be nice to try something off property and and I'm trying to remember because we didn't have transportation I mean we didn't have our own transportation but uh, I, th I think if we you know we called around ahead of time to see what different courses there were and what they offered and some of them will offer to come and pick you up and bring you to the course so we had worked something out I mean we had to pay for it but when you have a big enough group and you know you split it up and they bring a van you know it doesn't cost much to get over to some of the courses we played um the orange county national which was it was a fun it was a fun place um but it's definitely worth to see uh, i mean once you've played the disney courses because they're you definitely want to experience those but once you've gotten through those it, it is kind of nice to kind of venture off and see what else there there is in, in the local area i mean there's there's probably so many courses close by that bill would know about um that are are worth trying also and and you know every course is different and it's got its own character and it's kind of you know nice to a change of scenery Right, and then look, yeah. and and that's what makes this—that's what makes Walt Disney World a great 
golf vacation destination because there is more than just the courses there and the theme parks and the dining and the nightlife. If you want to have additional golfing experiences, there are, there are other courses not far off property if need be. Yeah. In fact, I could recommend uh, two other places that, that, that we haven't mentioned. That I think are, are really exciting places to play. Uh, if you want to take a trip down to champions gate, it's not far either. That's a little bit further than, uh, than celebration. Uh, it, it, it's, I think it's two exits down or four, but that, that's a great golf complex. Uh, and then another place I'd recommend, uh, we played there a couple months ago. I thought it was absolutely spectacular. And, and it was, it was less expensive than I expected, expected it to be. And that is, uh, a place called legends at orange Lake. Uh, it, it's very close by as the, as the crow flies. It might take you a few minutes to get there cause you got to work your way around there, but I think it's definitely worth the trip. Yeah, and two other things I wanted to quickly mention, um, because as Fernando would say, it's better to look good than to play good. If you need to get Disney golf gear, there are pro shops located at all of the courses, I believe, or most of the courses. But you can also go to Wide World of Sports. Um, I think it's D Sports down there, has golfing gear. Main Street Athletic Club over in the Magic Kingdom um, has golf shirts and golf hats and some golf accessories as well. So if, if you want to get it, for your trip or if you want to get it for somebody that is a golfer uh, at home you can get stuff there team mickey in downtown disney sport goofy over at the all-star resorts also i believe has some golf stuff as well something else you can do um, and i don't know if you guys are are part of this as as well in another way to save money and get special offers and some exclusive discounts is you can actually buy a disney golf membership and there's a couple of different memberships you can have, each with different costs associated with it and with different memberships. So there's an annual golf membership, which is $50, uh, excluding taxes and everything we're talking about today excludes taxes, of course. Uh, if you are a Florida resident and you have an annual golf membership, you can get discounts of 25% off the regular rates before 10 a.m., 40% off regular rates starting at 10 a.m. You can bring up to three guests and each of the guests will get the members rate it also includes 20% off golf lessons as well. If you're a DVC member, again, for $50, you can purchase a DVC golf membership, 25% off the rates, and then 40% after 10. You can also bring up to three guests who gets the member rate as well. If you're an annual pass holder, uh, you're eligible for year-round discounts of up to 30% off the rates for uh, uh, the member and up to three guests. And if you are a premium annual pass holder, you also get complimentary golf on the Oak Trail nine-hole walking course. Finally, there is a Golf Classic Club membership that allows you to participate in the Pro-Am portion of the Children's Miracle Network Classic. You also get eligible, you're eligible for discounts off regular day rates for you and up to three guests. Segwaying the Children's Miracle Network Classic, something else we should talk about about the golf experience is it going to it as a spectator, because there is an annual PGA Tour event held every year at Walt Disney World, been doing it since 1971, when Jack Nicklaus wins three years in a row, not maybe coincidentally the year after they change it to a team competition. Um, <laughs> it's gone through many, many names, the Funai Classic, so many more. Right now, it's the Children's Miracle Network Classic. This year, it runs from November 11th through the 14th in 2010. Uh, again, this is the 40th year for a real PGA 
tour event. Uh, have you guys ever had a chance to come down and watch one of the events? Bill, I have not. Uh, I wish I well, had. Well, <laughs> I've seen it on TV a number of times. It's actually a very interesting event because it's the last uh, PGA Tour event of the season. So the guys who are there, a lot of them are fighting for their, 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 their professional lives. They have to earn a certain amount of money at this tournament. Otherwise, they're not going to be employed next year. They're not going to have their playing privileges the following year. So it's a very interesting tournament to watch. Uh, I would also add that if, if you're someone uh, who lives locally, this is something I do up here in New Jersey, um, they're always looking for volunteers to work behind the scenes at these at these events, and that's a great way to to not only watch a tournament but learn how these tournaments work and 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 get to see some stuff that you might not be able to see when you're standing behind the ropes as well. Yeah, and if you are a golf enthusiast, a golf fan, not too bad to be able to combine your Walt Disney World vacation with a chance to see players like Tiger Woods and Vijay Singh and Payne Stewart and Davis. All these guys playing right there on these courses, and you can get out and and go to watch. So, I mean, really, guys, again, I think we've sort of illustrated that not only is golfing just a great way to spend time with friends and family, but in Walt Disney World, it gives you a chance to experience something new at Walt Disney World, at, at beyond the theme parks and beyond the water parks and the resorts and things like that. And I think for golf enthusiasts... It is a great option instead of places like a Myrtle Beach, like a, a Scottsdale, Arizona, or a, a Las Vegas, each of which are some of the more popular golf destinations. I mean, Steve, you guys have been doing this. Bill, so have you. Uh, any sort of final thoughts about golfing at Walt Disney World or anything that you want to add, Steve, and then Bill? Yeah, not to be forgotten, there's always the uh, miniature golf that's definitely great for the families. I I've always enjoyed going to the the miniature golf courses and and playing with the the wife and the kid and and uh, the rest of our group. Um, and of course, another option is always just bring a couple irons. There's plenty of nice lawns at all the resorts. You just got to be really careful because the Polynesian has a really bad sand trap, and they might kick you <laughs> out. But you know, just be careful. But no, honestly, it's a um, you know it's it's a great destination because. Um, the, the courses are great. The options are great. The food is great. And when the weather's bad or when you're done playing golf, there's just so much more to do. Yeah, miniature golf. Now you're talking my language. What about you, Bill? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that that one course is, is the toughest miniature golf course I've ever played in my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Fantasia Gardens. That that one is impossible. Uh, the only thing I would add, add to that, Lou, is that uh, you, the Orlando area really has become uh, almost a mecca of golf. And, and it's because, you know, Disney chose to, to, to go there years ago. But if you look around today, uh, a lot of those players you mentioned before live in the Orlando area. And, and some of the best teachers in the world are also in the Orlando area. Um, so it, there were a lot of opportunities to, to play down there. And uh, even if Disney wasn't there, it would still be a great place to go play golf. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. And again, for more information, you can visit Disney's website. I'll put the link in the show notes. If you want to go down with a group, you can call Golf Group Sales and Events. That's 407-938-3870. Or I'll put the email address in the show notes as well. You can also get information by calling their master starter. That's 407-938-GOLF. I'll put all these in the show notes. 
Uh, Steve Seifert, I want to thank you for coming back again. Your website is tikiman2001.net. If you want to hear about our discussion about going with the guys to Walt Disney World on a mancation, go back and check out show number 81. Steve is also on the show another time where I think we talked about the Polynesian, the history of the Polynesian Resort, uh, which is really just a fascinating look back at one of the early resorts. Uh, Bill, I want to thank you as well. And uh, maybe after a lesson or 10, you, uh, I'll, I'll, walk, I'll walk the nine-hole course with you guys and for four <laughs> or five hours. We'll hold, that t- we'll hold you to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Guys, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. It's time for another Walt Disney World trivia contest this week. But instead of me asking you multiple choice or true and false questions, testing your knowledge or your Google searching ability about Walt Disney World history or trivia or details, I want to instead tie in something that I really love doing on the show. And that is the introduction, that little radio tune that brings you into the show. is some of the most fun I have picking out some of those old and random and unique sound clips from around Walt Disney World. So this week, your task is simple. All I ask you to do is identify, in order, the clips that I played at the beginning of this week's show. I'm not going to make you rewind and go back to the beginning. Here they are, again, as they were played at the beginning of the show. This is going to be a whole new television experience. We're going to put you in the middle of the action, live. You're going to see and hear everything the talent sees and hears as though you were right there with him when it happens. Nature photography, or photography of any nature, is not permitted. You know, I mean, I'm an expert on a lot of things. You know that. I know that. But, uh... Not a lot of things. A few things. When my work piles up and I'm seeing red, cause I need five arms and an extra head, I find the computer becomes me troubleshooter. Yes, folks, we only have high-class stuff on this show. And now, here's a special treat out of Tampa. A little bit of ever-loving, cuddlesome fluff. Our own... So all you need to do is email me at lou at wdwradio.com with your answers. Again, in order, I will randomly select one winner who will win a WDW Radio prize package. And this week, maybe because I just had so much fun at the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet, or I'm so appreciative of everybody who joined us in the box, or maybe just I'm grateful for how great you guys have been. I'm going to throw in a bonus prize, even without a bonus question. The bonus question prize could be anything from an iTunes or a Disney gift card ranging from $10 to $50. It could be a subscription to Celebrations Magazine. I'll randomly select one from the virtual WDW Radio prize closet. But all you need to do is identify the sounds that I played at the beginning of this week's show 
by Saturday, August 28th at 1159 p.m. Eastern. Again, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks also to my guests, Bill Rinaldi and Steve Seifert. I'll put a link to Steve's Polynesian Resort website in this week's show notes over at wdwradio.com. I also invite you to come by on the show notes and comment on this if you're a Disney golfer or if you've considered maybe going to golf down in Walt Disney World. While you're there, be sure and check out our discussion forums, be a part of the WDW Radio family, and talk about not only this show, but anything Disney, from the parks, resorts, cruise line, meetups, and so much more. You can also check out our photo galleries, blog, shop in the store, where you can get the audio guides to Walt Disney World and signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books. Speaking of the audio guides, stay tuned. I am going to have a tentative release date for the download and CD version of Liberty Square coming very, very soon. The best way to stay connected is to, is to follow me over on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Lumangelo. Or if you're on Facebook, come by and join the page and discussions over at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. If you are a new listener, don't forget you can get old episodes and all episodes of the WDW Radio Show, not only from the website, but on iTunes as well. Go back, check out some of our detailed looks at current and former attractions, vacation planning, exclusive interviews, and so much more. If there's something you want to see covered on the show, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. You can also use that email address to send me a question if you want it answered on the show, or if you want to send me your phone number, and I may randomly select and call you to play Listener Fact or Fiction, where I'll ask you 10 trivia questions about Walt Disney World, give you a chance to win some prizes. Don't forget also, while you're on the site, or if you subscribe to the show in iTunes, and I hope you do, there are new videos being posted all the time, including last week I released a new video about Vianopoli's restaurant opening in Italy and the Disney Wedding Pavilion. Speaking of Disney's weddings, don't forget that on Saturday, August 28th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings and Honeymoons is having an open house over at Franks at Disney's Wedding Pavilion, located right next to Disney's Grand Floridian. If you can make it down, you'll have a chance to tour Franks, talk to some of the wedding planners, see displays and cakes, and go tour the entire pavilion. But if you can't make it down, don't forget that I'm also going to be doing a live video broadcast and chat with some of the people at the wedding pavilion through that time. So from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., you can come by www.radiolive.com. We'll walk around and also give you a chance to ask your questions via the live chat with some of the fairy tale wedding and honeymoon planners right there. I'll post a link in this week's show notes to the fairy tale wedding and honeymoon Facebook event page, as well as the WDW Radio live event page. And if you do, please come by and let us know if you plan on joining us at the pavilion or in the box, as they say, and watching live online. Speaking of the box, I want to say thank you and congratulations to everybody who is one of the box people. And if you've ever watched one of the live video broadcasts and chat on WDW Radio Live, you have been in the box. 
This past weekend, we broadcast from the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet this past Saturday. Had a great, great time. Don Moore and his staff did an incredible job with a, a wonderful, wonderful event up there. We'll be talking more about that on the show in the next few weeks. But that really was the birth of the box people. We broadcast live all day. Had a great time talking to people like Jeff Curdy, Bob Gurr, Margaret Kerry, Darth Vader and Stormtroopers and people from the 501st were there. Really, really a good time. So if you ever can't make one of our meets, I often broadcast them. So staying tuned to the show and Facebook and Twitter, those are the best ways to find out about upcoming broadcasts. Speaking of Disney gatherings and meetups, including Meets of the Month, don't forget you can go and visit DisneyMeets.com. There I post links and information to all of the upcoming Disney fan events and things that I'll be at Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World. So, for example, the next Meet of the Month is most likely going to be Sunday, August 29th, sometime in the late morning, early afternoon. Still working on final details there. Again, I'll post that on DisneyMeets.com. I'll also post on Facebook an event page there as well. In September, in addition to our regular Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, if you are going to be out in Disneyland for Destination D, come by and join us. We're going to have some meets during Destination D. We're also going to have a private World of Color dessert party where we have a reserved viewing area for World of Color and an upstairs terrace dessert party over at the Golden Vine Winery. Tickets are just $29 per person, but if you book Part of the package that we have with Mouse Fan Travel. They have a $175 per night room over at the Disneyland Resort Hotel. You can get first crack at the tickets, which are in very, very limited supply. We are almost sold out for just $19 per person. I'll link all this stuff up in this week's show notes. October, don't forget, October 1st is our annual food and wine walkabout in Epcot Around World Showcase. We'll be walking around the promenade, sampling everything from the Food and Wine Festival and recording something for the show. October 8th through the 10th is the Congaloosh weekend-long event with a dinner and the show by the Adventures Club cast, multiple tours by Jim Corcus. I'll be giving a couple of tours myself. There's a banquet, a show and sale. Again, links to all these are going to be over at DisneyMeets.com. And we are inching closer to the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream, February 27th. 2011. Also in this week's show notes, if you have a question about that cruise or Disney cruising in general, come by, post your comments on the blog entries notes. What we'll do is we're going to have a show coming very, very soon. We'll answer and address a lot of those questions and concerns. We'll also be doing a live broadcast where we can take some of your questions live as well. Thanks as always to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my recommended travel provider. Had a great time with Becky up at the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet this past weekend. You can go and visit them over at mousefantravel.com and over at allstarvacationhomes.com. They have more than 150 homes and condos within just a few miles of Walt Disney World. Private homes with pools, spas, kitchen, games room, game rooms, and so, so much more. There is lots more coming, I promise you, including the Liberty Square Audio Guide and some other things and a few surprises that I've been working on. Definitely stay tuned for more information to the show, to Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to come by, download, and please rate and review the free WDW Radio iPhone app. And if you like the show, my friends, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Talk about the show and some of the things we cover on other communities and forums. And if you're on Facebook, share the link with some of your friends there. And if you're on Twitter, tweet out the link to some of your followers. Please come by. 
rate and review the show over on iTunes. And most importantly, my friends, don't forget that I hope that you find a little inspiration to pursue your passion and follow your dream and take that first step towards making it happen each and every day. And always, always, once you do, please keep moving forward. So until next time, thank you again for listening. Have a great, great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou and everybody listening. This is a Canadian box guy or Bob from Ottawa, along with Tina from Ottawa and our sons, Maddie from Ottawa and Ty from Ottawa. And we're just calling to remind everyone that it's only 200 days, if our math is right, until the cruise with Lou. So we're all looking forward to it, and we're all going to say hi to everybody listening. Hey, hi, Lou. Hi, Lou. Can't wait to go on the cruise and meet everyone. Yes. See you soon. See you soon. Take care, everyone, and uh, see ya. Hey, Lou. This is Joel. I'm just calling to let you know just enjoy the good Pegos uh, Bill Burger for you and getting ready to uh, just finish up watching the <clears throat> electrical parade and get ready for the fireworks. So, uh, beautiful summer night in Florida. Thanks. Uh, have a good day. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Melissa from the Cinnamons and Canes. We are back in our home state of New Jersey. <clears throat> the allergies are kicking in, so we know that we are home. But we're still unpacking the magic <clears throat> and discussing our trip. And we wanted to let you know that there were five things that we learned from your podcast that we did this past trip that really made the trip great. So in no particular order, there was a penny, the press pennies, we did that. There was the trading cards of all the transportation, and I have all but four of the monorails. So if anybody's willing to trade, I do have some duplicates. Uh, third was a Dole Whip. We finally had that, and that was very good. Uh, fourth, I think, would be um, oh, we had a meal at Tangerine, and that was just delicious. We got that from one of your podcasts on the Top Ten Counter Service, and we did do the counter service dining plan, which was phenomenal. And then the top one, I would say, would be Yeehaw Bob. We experienced him Saturday night. As my husband mentioned, he was on vacation while we were down there, and we finally caught about two hours of him on Saturday night. And I guess I'm kind of glad we did not see him earlier because it would have been very difficult to go back to the parks after experiencing one night with Yeehaw Bob. So everybody out there, you know, if you're down at Port Orleans, Riverside, definitely experience him or take a trip over to witness one of his shows. It's really, really great for everybody, kids and adults alike. Um, so there is uh, our top five or five of the things that we learned from your podcast that we took with us to Disney and had a wonderful time. So thanks for what you do, Lou. We totally enjoy it. In fact, we've been listening to some old podcasts as we unpack and do wash and do the yard and just get back into the routine as we prepare for our first day back without the world tomorrow at work. So you take care, Lou, and have a great day. Bye. Hey, Lou. Sam from Pennsylvania. I'm driving through Villanova, and everybody always calls you from the park. Uh, I figured I'd call you from Villanova, and, uh, you know, your old stomping ground here, I believe. I think you said you're a Villanova alumni. So, yep, driving right by it right now. Take care. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Kenny from West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm here at the Rainforest Cafe having lunch on the 12th, uh, waiting for Friday the 13th to click in so I can go over to the Star Wars convention. 
Hope you're here. Hope everyone's here. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. This is Kathy calling again from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was just listening to show, <clears throat> this show from August 1st, and the um, the guy who called in asking about the Nestle Toll House cookie ice cream, I'm actually a former college program student, um, and I used to work at the uh, Main Street um, ice cream parlor. And, well, I was working there back in 2005. We rolled out the Nestle Toll House cookie ice cream while I was working there. Um, and as far as I know, from my recent trip in September of 2009, um, they still had the Nestle Toll House cookie ice cream, which is very, very good. So I hope that helps, and um, I hope that they still have it there so they can enjoy it on their next upcoming trip. So, again, thanks for everything that you do, Lou. You're awesome. Hey Lou, it's uh, Mark, there, known as a Fuse MP from Dallas, and it's day six here at Disneyland Paris. We go home tomorrow, uh, had a very good week uh, of uh, eating and meeting characters. We've got them all to sign a vinylmation, I've seen some pictures of that. Uh, things at Disneyland Paris are looking good, there's, there's some new re-theming in the last few years on the, on the Walt Disney Studios, so that's looking much, much better than you know, it used to. The park's looking pretty good at the moment, very pretty. Uh, and the Toy Story Playland opens next week, hoping to get into a soft opening tomorrow, uh, but who knows, I'll let you know if we do. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess that's it for me, and I'll see you in the next WWE Live chat. This is Susan MP, saying bye. Hello, this is Doug Brigger, Matt Armadillo on the forums. Um, it's August 14th, you said you were going to be in the Pacific Northwest. I'm here at the Wilderness Lodge, so I think it's more Pacific East, Northwesterny than this. I I don't see you. I've been in the lobby yelling out your name since about six this morning. And aside from some odd looks, no Lou Mangello. I'll keep at it. Have a good day. Bye. Hi Lou, it's uh, Jeffrey Krasen calling from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, just back from the um, Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet and a uh, great time. I put on by uh, Don and Becky and uh, Jonathan and everyone there and uh, certainly appreciated your attendance again coming all the way out from Orlando and the uh, great interview you did with uh, Bob Gurr and it was uh, great to be on the other side of the uh, box people for once and saying hi to them and a great evening was capped off when uh, in the uh, charity raffle I won uh, the package you donated of your uh, audio guides and books and uh, magazines and WW Radio Hat and uh, just uh, great stuff to uh, carry on back over the border into Canada. And um, just wanted to appreciate all you've done and all everyone's done and uh, hope you'll be coming back up this way again uh, next year and hope to see you in the world very soon. Thanks a lot. Hey, Lou, it's Trista and Tom, the box deaf and husband, I just wanted to call and say thank you and thank you to all the box people and happy birthday, box people. We had so much fun um, today. It was such a blast with the mouse meet for everybody who was there. I'm sure um, you can agree, and everyone who was in cyberspace with us. It was so much fun. So I just want to call in and say thank you. We had a wonderful day. We thank you for um, giving us the magazines and the audio guides. That was so kind of you. It was our honor and pleasure to be able to carry the box around for a while. I'm glad you weren't mad at me for uh, nicking it or for a while and grabbing it on you when you didn't know. <laughs> um, but it was just so much fun to keep everybody involved and um, 
called my mom all excited to tell her how much fun we had, and she went and watched all the live streams and was just laughing and really enjoying herself all the way in Massachusetts. So we had a blast. Um, as a matter of fact, um, it was such a formative experience. We're thinking of penning a memoir and calling it The Box People and then subtitle Our Day with Lou Mangello. So let me know what you think. And uh, as we start writing, once I hit stories, I'm sure you'll let us get on the podcast and plug it a little bit, you know. Maybe we can partner up, do some co-marketing. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have a magical day, and talk to you soon. Bye.